My days are very long because I get up early and I stay out late. Planting, planting, planting. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. And welcome to our podcast of May the 6th, 2010. The headline today is, We are planting, planting, and more planting. And of course, it's falling mainly to you because you're the farmer in chief. <laughs> How did I gain that title? I don't know. <laughs> it is kind of scary. <clears throat> and you're right. We we spent a lot of time at plant sales earlier. Not that necessarily things were on sale, but you know, we we bought some things to put out, um, and we'll talk some about that specifically. And they sat around for a while, and now they're almost everything's in the ground that I've bought. We have one. Um, bed on the west side of the house that we need to in the next couple of days um, address that and get those things in the ground but it's been uh, it's been interesting trying to race the plants to keep them from dying before I have a chance to plant them (laughs) and we've been asking the question whether everyone does the same thing we've done which is the plants go on sale and you know you better buy them now because if you don't they will be gone Right. So you buy them, and then you bring them home, and they sit in pots for weeks sometimes. Because you can't plant everything at one time. I mean, you only have so many hours in the day of daylight. So So you just stay out ahead of what you need, not because you need to buy the plant, but because this is your window, and if you don't buy it now, it'll be gone. Right. That's true. But we're you're slowly catching up with oh, your yes. with your backlog of plants. Yes. Uh, why don't you sort of take us through a real quick run through of everything we put in the ground, or I'm sure we'll miss some, but most of what we put in the ground. Well, I know we probably talked closer to our almost well, our Good Friday planting of muscadines, and we put blackberries in. We, those were early early on in the process and I actually tried to put some I did put some onion seed in the ground and that did nothing and also some carrots and parsnips in the ground that did nothing so I've given up on those two beds but since then um, what's come up from that early uh, really I think a lot of it ended up on Holy Saturday instead of Good Friday but (laughs) uh, what came out of that weekend that's been good is lettuce and I actually went out there and mulched, uh, weeded and mulched that lettuce patch uh, yesterday. We don't have a huge amount, but we do have some. Um, and do we have some uh, warm season lettuce? Well, one of them was called Slow Bolt. Okay. And it's, it's for, designed yeah. to be a, a yeah. hot weather lettuce. How long all those lettuces will last into the, in the, through the hot weather, I do not know. I've never planted them. Uh, and of course, last year for a fall garden, I had some lettuces that were doing great, except the deer ate them. That was before the deer fence. So I plan to replant uh, those those in the fall as well. Yeah. Here in central Alabama, lettuce is mainly a spring and fall thing, not a summer thing. Um, as you say, we did fairly well in the fall until the critters um, mm-hmm. got after it. And we just missed the, the early spring window. So 
we're left with whatever yeah. we can get in the ground and see some results. And from. one thing I did do, and I know we've talked about this, is I put some romaine lettuce in that I bought as a plant. And it's doing pretty well, too. So maybe we may be able to actually get to eat that before it dies from the heat. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> um, also, I have plants of, um, well, there was one other thing that is coming up I meant to mention. A little bit of spinach. And also, I started this as seed, radishes, cherry bell radishes. Not a lot, but we will have some radishes this year. And you haven't mentioned your peas, have you? Um, I was getting to that. Okay. Um we another product of the Good Friday weekend. I guess it was probably also a Holy Saturday planting. Were um, some peas that are doing quite well, <clears throat> and it seems that of the four different varieties, all four of them have some representatives sprouting up. So that is on my agenda today to go down there to the uh, that bed and weed that and mulch it, and that's going to be quite an undertaking because our gra- our rye grass it was supposed to be. Dying back by now, we thought, is not. Um, you I actually never had told to you it would be dying back in early May. Okay. I don't know how you got that impression. What we should have done with the ryegrass is remove it from the beds as we were planting. Um, but what we did do was we covered those beds with topsoil, and the topsoil did not keep that determined ryegrass from coming up. So it did not serve as any kind of a barrier. And and we probably had some washing with the rain that washed that topsoil loose. Yeah, we hope the ryegrass issue is a -a once-in-a-lifetime problem. Basically, the dilemma we had was we cleared Veg Hill so we could put the deer fence in, but we didn't have anything planted on it. And we had to get something on it just to hold the soil. And it did do that, so I'm and glad. And it did a good job of holding the soil, and for that we are grateful. Yes, yes. But we now have the ryegrass to struggle with at least until it dies back. And I had thought I told you it would be dying back in early June. So. Well, <clears throat> actually the people at Verbena Feed and Seed Store said it would probably die back in May. Okay. And it is May, but it's early May, so we'll we'll see what turns out to be right. Uh, at any event, we got I got that um, those plants coming up, the peas, and then <clears throat> of some the plants that were actually installed as plants, we've got eggplant, got three different varieties of eggplant, and unfortunately, I hate to report this, but two of the varieties seem to be getting attacked by some kind of small. Black I noticed bug. that they are they taking are, they're getting huge chewed up chunks out of the leaves. So I don't know Black Beauty, which we bought at the Auburn plant sale. Everything else we bought at the plant sale looked, was really healthy. And I'm not saying those weren't healthy plants; they did look healthy. Um, but for whatever reason, those bugs have taken a liking to those, and I don't know how to combat them. <clears throat> well, but, our our philosophy generally with these bugs is. We're going to try to identify them and try to understand how to control them, but the the first line of defense is to keep a healthy ecosystem down on Veg Hill so that the predators find them and dispense with them yes. for us. And and we are trying to attract butterflies and hummingbirds and other beneficials, So and that's another whole thing we could talk about. We've bought some plants for that, and I have some plans to put sunflowers out. <clears throat> but uh, the Ichiban, or maybe it's Ichiban, Ichiban Japanese eggplants, I have two of those that I bought locally, and they're doing great. They seem to be, they're flowering and seem to be doing, uh, they're happier than the ones at um, 
that are getting eaten up by the bugs. I have some, uh, we do have some <clears throat> ornamentals down in that area too, some salvia, some begonias, some castle yellow, which I had never planted before. But uh, One of the issues we're facing because we've carved Veg Hill out of the woods is shade management. learning what you can plant where and we're just beginning to to wrestle with that i bet we're going to be wrestling with it till we're dead we'll be struggling with you know where can we plant this for full sun you know what about this that gets morning sun but not afternoon and how about this that gets no morning sun but afternoon sun and we're just going to have to struggle yeah but we do have plans to take down a couple of trees that are down there uh, providing too much shade right now, but we'll just have to wait on that. Uh, but anyway, we've got some watermelon planted. It looks pretty good. Collards, something is eating around the edges of some of the collard plants. Uh, not sure what that is. It could be some little vole or mole or mouse or, but, you know, we don't think rabbits are getting in. We but, don't. But something smaller is chewing a little bit on the collards. However, I have plans to plant some collard seeds, and I have, um, I meant to mention this with the eggplant, some eggplant seeds that I'm crossing my fingers because as we speak, some eggplant seeds are germinating. <laughs> so Some that I had bought um, and I'll from an heirloom here. variety. We're trying this whole idea of seed starting for the first time this year, and it is thrilling to watch these little seeds germinate. Right. Um, we're surrounded by trays of this and that. Um, we've had a continuing dialogue about how much sun to give them, and we're all figuring that out. Um, right. It would be nice if we had a greenhouse, and I, it will be, will be nice when we do have one. But uh, we have to have, right now, sitting in the apartment with me, are some Cherokee purple tomatoes and some bullnose bell peppers, or as I call them, because it took them so long to decide to finally sprout, bullheaded bell peppers. But we hope that we'll have a couple of other um, nice and they're looking happy now. veg to put out later on. But speaking of tomatoes and peppers, we actually do have some in the garden that I've purchased as plants. And we've got red and green bell pepper, got some banana peppers. And, and I noticed yesterday they are looking really nice. Yeah, yeah, they are. And then some various uh, varieties of, of tomatoes. Got sweet potatoes planted, um, planted some asparagus, and I don't really know what it's supposed to do. It's, you know, we just planted it as seed, and I understand that takes about three years before you'll ever um, see any asparagus, but I wanted to get it started. So I don't know how long that seed lies dormant. Um, it's in the ground for what it's worth. Uh, along with the seed potatoes, I, I haven't seen any sign of sprouts from seed potatoes, but it hasn't quite been three weeks, and I understand that three weeks is the uh, period, the germination period, so we'll see what comes out of that as well. Um, planted okra yesterday, uh, and maybe it's time to talk a little bit about what um, what has been planted. Oh, I forgot to mention that I've planted some cantaloupe and some watermelon already, so that'll be good. Um and then and those yesterday, as plants. Was yesterday was a big uh, seed planting day, and I realize it's it's late. However, we've had a cool spring, and the the fact of the matter is I've been delayed by all kinds of things going on. I and we have the luxury town. of a long growing season in Alabama, so I don't think you've you've lost the crop. It's just that we'll have a later harvest. Right, we'll have a later harvest. Um, 
the uh, but but anyway, what I planted yesterday were some beans, bush beans, Kentucky wonder beans, rattlesnake beans, and even though technically they are a bean, but we call them black-eyed peas, so we'll see if those come up. Um, some cucumber, some squash, um, and some sweet corn, and I've got some dent corn that I want to try to put out today. We, uh, and I have other seeds, and we can report on that. In addition to what we've already mentioned, we have a row of herbs, uh, we some of which were transplants. We've transplanted some oregano and some mint from the flower bed, which is where they lived for the winter. And then we um, actually the mint came from our friend Jan Garrett. Exactly. We that, but that we healed it in when she gave it to us. It was kind of cool weather. And we healed it in, and then um, we have um, a wygilla plant which we hope will attract beneficials. It's over there. And we also have the strawberries. We've mentioned that we those that we got from Jan, we've transplanted those. So um, It's been fun for me to watch that taking shape and in particular seeing how beautiful the, the garden rows look when you mulch them with hay. Right. There's something about having that hay around the plants once they've come up and have established themselves that just really appeals to me. Yeah, well, it's it's healthier. And as soon as all these little guys come up, we'll be doing some thinning and mulching um, as needed. We the, paid $25 to Joe Jeffcoat here in Tallahassee for a big round bale of hay delivered. And uh, it shows every sign of holding up for the full growing season. Oh, yeah. We're barely yeah. making a dent in it with all of the mulching we've done so far. And speaking of mulching, another large area that received some mulch this weekend was our flower bed in which we've planted. We already had one knockout rose. We planted five more. So now we have a total of six red knockout roses. And we planted six more yellow lantana. So now we have a total of 12 yellow lantana. And along with a, a gardenia bush out there. So we, uh, after the planting. And your gardenia's <laughs> beginning to bloom. I know. It's from last year. We planted that last year. Um, and so fully mulched that area and trying to keep it watered. Looking good, really. And then you've got the west bed that will probably be going in the next couple of days. Yes, and we'll mulch that. And we'll tell you more about that after it gets put in the ground. And as always, we are tracking everything you plant at least trying to, on the Longleaf Breeze Planting Database. And I'll include a link to the database on the show notes page. But the idea of the database, as we've discussed before, is we want it to be a teaching tool, not only for us, but for you as well as you listen and see what we've planted when and how and what's working well and what's not, just as a way to maybe avoid making some of the stupid mistakes we have made. Right. And and admittedly, we're doing a lot of trial and error this year. I've, I've bought different varieties of seed just to see what works. I, I put four different types of okra in yesterday, partly because I love okra, and I would love it if it all came out and <laughs> came up and we could eat it. Uh, but we'll find out which varieties work best here. Exactly. And in preparation for your doing that, uh, my task as the the hired help is to spread this high-quality compost-slash-topsoil we've built 
on those rows in anticipation of your planting. And I am so grateful for your doing that. I am too, and I'm grateful for the front-end loader, which has been so helpful. It it does a lot of the heavy lifting for me, and basically all I do is scrape it out of the front-end loader into the wheelbarrow and then just dump it from the wheelbarrow right onto the row, and then you spread it and do your planting there. Right, right. Um, So anyway, that's basically... um, it. Now, you did tell me that you thought we might be coming to the end of our topsoil. Unfortunately, we are. I'm, we've, we've had this topsoil that we built, the compost, and it's wonderful. It's rich and dark oh, yes. and fragrant. You just love working with it. But we're about to finish that up, and uh, the next little pile we have to draw from is some topsoil that the loggers piled up when they did the clearing. Mm -hmm. It's not of the same quality, but it will be good. Once we exhaust that, we're down to a load of topsoil we had delivered from Rodney Griffith, and it's really not that good. It's, you know, a lot of sand and not a lot of humus in it. So um, we're sort of getting down to the bottom of the barrel when it comes to topsoil here. I hope there's another place on the property where we can find some more topsoil. No, there's really not. That's it. From now on, it's going to be what we produce with our compost. Oh, sad. End of an era. (laughs) Yeah, it's been nice to have it. Um, It's been interesting to see how quickly we flipped from worrying about how much rain we had to deal with and erosion and everything so soggy to this place is parched and dry and we need rain. We did get some this past weekend. We did. We got two and a half inches last week, which was good, and we're grateful for it. Uh, But we could always use some more. It's been interesting. We are are clearly in a drought state here in central Alabama, which is hard to believe. Yeah. But, yeah, we're not having any rain for a while, so that's why we, uh, we need drip irrigation. We, we will need to water on our own. And we are in process on that. Our plan is to put faucets in the orchard and right around here, the barn, where it, where they can be helpful, and put a drip system in on Veg Hill for the greenhouse and for the blueberries. And um, that we have placed the order now and just have to sort of plot it out and begin our trenching and install it. It's going to be a several weeks long pro- uh, project. So right. you'll be hearing more about the irrigation system. Right. But I can't wait till it's in. I wore myself out watering that orchard the other night. And it was literally night by the time I got it because I could just tell some of those orchard trees were in bad shape. So it's it is going to be... Well, much needed. We will welcome, yes, we will having, welcome having it. Right. Um, we've had a little bit of an issue with the compost pile. We had uh, a fox and a possum get into our compost pile. So now we're using some fencing to uh, keep them out. And it's <laughs> it's been a sort of an evolution trying to figure out what's going to work and what's not. Well, and I think we talked about this a little bit on one of our podcasts where we saw the possum and then that in addition to the fox, we, um, and you put some um, hexagrid attached to the uh, goat fence. 
Um, and that worked for a while, definitely worked on the possum because he was fat. He wasn't going to get in. But that sly fox figured out how to s open up a little section, and or at least he was trying. He was working yeah, at it. Slithering <laughs> in. And so now so, you might talk about your latest. Well, we hope we're discouraging him. We'll, we'll keep you posted <laughs> on that. Well, you just, all it involved, though, was patching up that small opening that he had worked right. free. Um, we finished uh, shuffling around firewood. We have all of our firewood for next burning season under cover under the pole barn now. And it will stay here and stay dry over the summer and be ready for us to burn next year. And we have a big pile of wood ready to split and stack for the winter of 2011 and 12. And we need to get busy with that. We just need a few more hours in the day. That might help us get it done. Next week, we hope to be able to tell you about the progress on the irrigation system. And, of course, we will be telling you about even more planting we're doing, I'm sure. Have a good week, and we look forward to talking to you next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleaffreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.